Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Coco's Cup. I'm your host, Coco Hantas, and I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that you're having the most wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, or whenever you're watching this, but I wanted to remind you that you are loved, you are cared for, and you are capable. Today's episode is a little bit different because it is themed. Um, as you guys know, it is Friday the 13th. And if you don't know about Friday the 13th the way that I don't know about Friday the 13th, don't, don't learn about it. The thought alone of scary stuff makes me want to just crawl on the floor and weep, but I'm going to be so strong for you guys today. And we're going to pull through, so let's get started. Sorry, um, I actually have an announcement. I have an announcement. So Dee opened an Etsy shop for me about a week ago. About a week ago, a week ago. I'm sorry. Anyways, and I'm so happy to announce that it's been launched, so credits to him. Cue the applause. There you go. And you can go ahead and purchase your very own Coco's Cuff sweatshirt or t-shirt. I think the mugs are still in progress. I might be lying. But if you just go ahead and click on Etsy and then write in Coco's Cup or Coco Hauntas, it should show up. If not, you can just go to my link tree. It's going to be my bio for my TikTok and it should be the first link. So in today's episode, we're going to be covering paranormal activities and experiences that I've had. So go ahead and tune in, y'all. I'm going to go ahead and start with something that's a little bit more lighthearted, so some spooky, irrational fears that I have. My first one on, on my list is a country invading the U.S. off the coast of Cali. And actually, that's not even irrational anymore because the war with Israel and Palestine makes me so angry. I'm not going to talk too much politics in here, but uh, whatever. Free Palestine until it's backwards. And this next one, I'm going to go ahead and just really picture it for you guys. So you're taking the most wonderful shower, whether that's a cold one or hot one. I prefer mine steaming hot, okay? I want the steam up in the air. I want the droplets of water on the ceiling. The mirror is going to be so foggy. I'm listening to some loud music. I've had a long day. This is my relief. I am happy. I am at peace. The music is so loud that the entire world is tuned off because I'm tuned in, okay? All of a sudden, there's a wildfire that's erupting, but I have no form of communication. Nobody can warn me. Nobody can tell me anything. All of a sudden, the fire's in the bathroom. I'm dead. You can't even have time to react. You're dead. Like, that is scary. So my next one is actually not irrational. I know. I'm sorry. But being trafficked? What? The dark web? The deep dark web? I'm terrified. I don't want to know anything about it. I'm scared. I feel for the victims. I'm so like distraught no no i'm like it's almost ha it's almost happened to me and i'm no no story time later but not for today and then my next fear imagine you're in deep sleep you're having the best sleep of your life nothing has gotten better you're in deep slumber your dreams are vivid it's a wonderful dream you're looking ice cream from the cone it's wonderful it's dripping it's good you wake up you have no sense of smell, no eyesight, your limbs are gone. What are you doing? What do you do then? Nothing. What? You? Are you guys understanding me? Are you hearing me? Like, do you get it? It's a wonderful day out at the beach. You're sunbathing. You decide to go to the swim. It's a really hot day. It's 94 degrees. The clear skies. Not a cloud in sight. You go in the water. Water feels wonderful. You're swimming. You get into a tide pool. What are you doing? What are you doing in that tide pool? All of a sudden, there's a tsunami. There's a tsunami. 
300 feet in the air. You're done. You can't even react. You're done. Thank you guys very much for understanding and really validating my experience with my rational and irrational fears. It truly means a ton. Now, I'm feeling rather cheeky, and we're going to move to our next segment, which is going to be scary movies that my kids are prohibited from watching. Number one on the list, The Exorcist. Now, must I say more? Nair. Okay? No. The Ouija board? No. Try again. Please, try again. I literally know stories of my ex-friend who their family literally had to go get a, a priest because they, uh, I don't even know the word. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. But more on this Ouija board, I need to feel, feel like I need to whisper because I'm scared. And it's 11 p.m., guys. I'm doing this for you. But um, I remember I had a childhood friend that came to my house and she asked for a sheet of paper. Okay, sure. Let me go get that for you. Took my dad's printer paper and gave it to her and she started drawing a Ouija board. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it meant. And she started playing with it with this like little triangle I should have been terrified for my life. I think I think about that at least two times a day, and I, I thank God every day. Allahu Akbar. Because what? Why was that in my house? No. Number two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Vile. Vile, vile, vile. I feel like the, re the way that they used a person that suffered with mental illness as, like, the perpetrator? Are you serious? Uh, like, that just creates so much more stigma for the mental health, like, community, one. And then two, the movie is just so vile and bloody. And no, why are people enjoying these movies and why is it like an 8 out of 10? What are we rating based off of? Number three, It or It Chapter 2. Terrifying. Not gonna say anything else. Terrifying. Which leads me to my next movie for Terrifier or Terrifier 2. That movie is perverted, disgusting, I don't want to see about it, I don't want to hear about it, don't include me, please. I don't want to educate myself to talk about this, and I'm so sorry if you're super interested, go ahead and look it up. But there's something like, there's CGI, and then there's like effects that they do in person to kind of make it look like it's real and they do that one it's not cgi i can't even pretend to not be scared i'm terrified because in one scene trigger warning the guy is chainsawing a girl from from her her kunana nanana down to her head in half and he's laughing number five smile that movie came out last year i believe and it scarred me. A mental mindfuck. Excuse my French. I had to go to therapy after that movie I did. It wasn't necessarily scary in the way that it was like bloody and things like that. There was blood, but it was manageable. But just the very ending. Ooh, I'm thinking about it. I'm scared. If this is my longest episode, I might be a little bit upset. But anyways, we're going to go over paranormal activity that's happened to me. So I'm going to start with sleep paralysis because it's something that I dealt with for a long time during my childhood, and I hope that it's something that I do not have to deal with anymore. Leaning into adulthood, please, I don't want to do it. So if you're unfamiliar with what sleep paralysis is, it's essentially the inability to speak or move while falling asleep or waking up, either of the two, and it's typically caused by irregular sleep patterns and stress or anxiety. 
trigger warning once again. Um, I'm not going to describe this one in detail just because it's kind of disturbing, but I was essentially laying down on my bed and I had woken up, but I still wasn't able to move because I was essentially paralyzed. And my door was open, which is a really bad sign. When you have sleep paralysis, if you have like the doors open or the closets open or something, it just kind of lets room for your imagination to flow into your deepest and darkest fears. Bad. So this young woman like runs into my room. She's blonde. She's wearing kind of like a flannel with some blue pants and she's obviously in distress and she's asking me to help her and to save her and just like do whatever I can and I'm confused because I can't even talk. I cannot respond. I'm just looking at her looking at me and I'm like, what is this woman doing in my house and how did she pass my parents' room without waking her up the way that she's making noise? So the walrus comes in shortly after her and he's holding an assortment of weapons, weapons that I didn't even know existed and I feel like I've never seen them in my life until then. And he goes ahead and he viciously chops her up and then he proceeds to R-word her. My hand is starting to shake. This is so bad. Anyways, so my next one, again, my door was left open and I have this really big fear of Slenderman because it was like, I don't know if it was 2014 or 2012, but it was a big thing and a lot of people were dressing up like him for Halloween and it was roughly around this time that I had this um, paranormal like encounter with him. So essentially he just started creeping in my room and he was creeping against the wall. He was really tall and taller than my room so like he was <laughs> at like a 90 degree angle. This is not funny. Um, and then he started appearing from my closet and all of a sudden like his body was just morphing all the way around the room and just kind of engulfed me. And then he again was holding a lot of weapons that were not recognizable to me. The final segment that I'm going to talk about is going to be the paranormal experiences that I've had that have been real life and not just sleep paralysis. So these are personal encounters that I've had and it's going to include something called a jinn. I'm going to go ahead and use the letter J to describe them just because I want to be respectful and I'm terrified. So Jays are religious entities in Islam and they are shape-shifting beings with free will. They are capable of good and evil and most importantly they are unseen or they can make themselves visible. They are entities that are capable of having a lot of diverse abilities so again they can be visible if they choose and then they can take the place and shape of people or things. With that being said, they are able to possess people, influence thoughts, and create illusions. So the J that I'm going to be discussing in the following stories is all the same J that I had seen. And the way that I had seen her and the way that I'm going to describe her to you guys is she was a pale, translucent woman. I would say the color was somewhere between purple and gray, very, very muted. And she was wearing a very baggy black cloak, but upon different times that I had looked at her, it kind of looked like a large oversized t-shirt that just kind of had holes and wasn't very, wasn't kept very well. I'm someone that likes to make eye contact just to be courteous and show respect to someone else to kind of show that I'm acknowledging them. And I feel like eyes, like the saying goes, are like the windows to the soul. You can tell a lot about a person just by their eyes. And I kid you not, when I looked her in the eyes the few times that I did, they were empty and they were gray. They were very translucent. I felt like I could see right through her. I'm going to go ahead and give her a name. So let's go with Jay. It's going to be Jackie. 
So the first time that I had seen Jackie was in passing. I think that I was in a very busy supermarket kind of area, like outdoorsy, and I probably just walked past her and we made eye contact. She was looking at me pretty heavily, but again, her eyes looked very empty, so it seemed like she was like looking right through me to the person behind me. I was pretty young at the time, I think maybe about 10 years old, and I was often going to this area. It was a swap meet with my dad, and he was someone that told me not to look too much into people, um, and I was assuming that she was homeless just because she didn't look very kept, and one of the biggest things was my dad didn't want me to engage with homeless people just because they're kind of unpredictable, especially in the area that I live. When I was 12 or 13, my family and the Somali slash Sudanese community used to go to the park weekly, and it would just be kind of a way for us to reconnect with each other, go outside, get some fresh air, and just to conversate. I was one of the older girls, which by default made me the babysitter and responsible for all of the other kids, and I want to say that there was at least 20 kids in the park that day. My mom typically stayed to the end because she's very sociable and she likes to talk, and it was nearing midnight, past midnight even, because the park lights had already closed, the ranger was driving around making sure that nobody was there. Thinking back on it, it wasn't very safe, especially considering that there was kids as young as one just roaming around, and I, as a kid myself, was responsible for them. Bananas! I had went to go collect the last of the kids that still were in the park, and we were heading north towards the table that we were sitting. So we had done a barbecue and, you know, some chicken, some meat back when I was eating it. It was scrum de dum dum And as we're walking on the sidewalk, I'm going to go and describe what we were seeing and who was with me. So I'm holding a maybe two-year-old or one. I don't really remember the age too, too well because it was quite a bit ago. And I think I had roughly 10 kids with me as we were walking past, not including the one that I was holding. And so we're walking on the sidewalk and the park was pretty big and it was a really vast field. We're walking past this field on the sidewalk and to the right of us, there's a wall with some bushes right in front of it. So as we're walking on this path, we're maybe 500 or 600 feet away from the actual table that we were sitting at, so we're still a while away, and of course the kids are walking a little bit slow, so I have to compensate for that. I was trying my best to be very aware of our surroundings and make sure that there was nobody approaching us or anyone in the area, because I had almost gotten kidnapped before at that park with my sister, and in addition to that, there's a lot of stray animals that are kind of dangerous or you know, they are at risk for having rabies. And I know, thinking back on it, I couldn't have even been liable for those things and for protecting the kids because I was a kid myself. Hello? I noticed that there's some movement in the bushes because the bushes aren't necessarily connected. It's kind of like in patches. There's like a set of bushes for maybe like two feet and then just dirt on the floor and then again two feet and some like rocks, things like that. So I noticed there's some movement in the bushes that are, it's still a little ways from us, but it's a decent distance from the aunties and my mom who's sitting way back towards the table. And I start telling the kids to start walking to the left of me so that I'm closer to the danger if, in case anything happens. I start hearing kind of like a muffled two-tone voice. And by that I mean if you're familiar with what schizophrenia is and what it sounds like, uh, essentially, it's people that deal with voices in their heads that are telling them things that can be kind of dangerous. And what that sounds like is simultaneous conversations happening at the same time. 
and I was hearing these things thinking that it was coming from a collective people. It sounded like, help, help, but then also like some chaotic laughing, and so I'm thinking there's probably like a group of people, maybe some drunk guys or whatever, so I'm, I'm, I'm shooing the kids to the left of me onto the field rather than the sidewalk. And as I get closer, I'm assuming that it's a, it's a homeless person because they were rather small and they looked like they were in unkept clothes. So I was trying to still get the kids to shoo away so that we can walk in the direction that they're not in and so we don't cause more attention to us. The voices start getting louder as we're approaching, but we're not necessarily on the sidewalk anymore. And I start to notice and see the person a little bit better and what do I know? It's exactly the person that I described earlier for you guys. So long black hair, empty eyes, pale purple gray translucent skin tone. I was starting to get really freaked out at this point. My heart was thumping and I did not know what to do. Was I going to run and just book it with the child in my hand or was I going to face this? Like, what? what is this? So I looked at her mouth for a very split second and it looked like she was saying both of the things that I was hearing. As we're getting closer but also still trying to shoo onto the field, I noticed that she was holding what looked like a baby and I started hearing kind of like a baby crying slash whimpering, but it didn't sound like a child. It didn't sound like a sound that a child that small could make. And then right behind her was a cardboard box, but it was pretty demolished, so it really just looked like maybe two pieces of cardboard that were barely holding on to each other. So one of the kids starts pointing and kind of laughing at her and she flinches in a way that kind of looks like I don't really know how to describe it, just like flinching forward as if like, oh, like, what are you going to do about it kind of thing. At this point, one of the older boys says, run, and everyone starts running, and it looks like she's about to get up, and I'm like scared for my life. Running, we're all screaming, mama, look, mama, there's this crazy lady. The women are obviously very protective of their kids, and they're like, what the hell's going on? They start picking up branches from the floor, branches from the tree, and they're all walking as a collective like they're about to go to war. It has not even been a minute since we had told our moms and had encountered this woman and by the time that we're back there's nothing what was left was just the cloak that she was wearing the cardboard box and there was a dog there and i swear to you when i looked at that dog it had the same empty eyes of that woman and i was telling the story not too long ago maybe a week on the seventh on live and it clicked to me that she could have shapeshifted into that dog and I wouldn't have realized it at the time, obviously, since I was so young. But that story freaks me out so much because I obviously lived through it and I experienced it. And I didn't know what to do about it or say because after that time, my mom showed me some videos of some, like, possessions and stuff. And I think it was more of a way to just kind of, like, you know, instill some fear into me to, like, pray more and to be a better Muslim. And it worked for a while because I was shit scared. Guys, that's going to be all that I have for you today in this week's episode of Coco's Cup. I hope that freaked you out a little bit. It freaked me out more to record it. I've been shaking this entire time. I love you guys all so much, and as always, I want to show some gratitude. I am so grateful for Mickey. I know you're going to listen to this, and it makes me so happy because you're so supportive, and you're such a sweet and wonderful guy. He's one of the closest friends that I've made this year, and I'm so eternally grateful for you. Be sure to check me out on my socials and get one of your very own Coco's Cup merchandise. You heard it from me first. I hope that you guys have a wonderful and healing weekend and I will see you later. Mwah.